Hey, thanks for coming back and joining us here on another episode of About Faith. I am grateful and glad to be able to do this every week. It's something that I love to do, and hopefully I can continue continually do this for as long as the Lord allows. I know um, that I receive some support, and I'm grateful for everybody that comes back and each week and supports the podcast and listens to it. Uh, I know everybody looks for some special episode or some special guest and, uh, and I try to have some guests from time to time when I can. Um, but that's not the reason I nearly started. It was just a, when I started to do the guests and have testimonies from time to time, that was just an idea, um, that kind of came to me from when I thought it, I wanted to do the podcast. I didn't even think about that. It was just something I just kind of threw in there because I know that sometimes people can't tell their testimony and, uh, I do realize that testimonies do build faith, and there are people out there that do have some great testimonies that sometimes they don't never necessarily get a chance to share how they want to share. Or, And I believe in being as transparent as we can be. I heard one preacher, as we can be, uh, sometimes we can't tell. We don't have to tell everybody all the details, and I understand that. But I also don't uh, believe in being so vague that people don't even understand what it is that God actually did. Uh, sometimes, from time to time, you hear testimonies, and they was like, "Oh, I'm dealing. I was dealing with something. I was dealing with that, and and then God did it." And you're like, "I don't. That didn't build my faith. Cause I have no idea what you're talking about." Um, and it's some of the most vague things you've ever heard, and um, and people tell people talk like that. And um, I heard a preacher recently talk about how. Uh, when we read the Bible, it's transparent. We know everything that happened with a person. We know everything. That's why we're able to put our faith in God because we saw how terrible the situation was and how God brought whoever it was out when we were reading that situation. We look at uh, someone like Joseph, right? We look at his life. We were able to see everything that, that happened and we were able to see um, how he was mishandled and mistreated. Uh, we were able to see how he was lied on. But we still saw in the end that God kept him, kept his promise to him uh, in the dream and the vision that he showed him. Look at David. David, a man who God chose to be king. We saw David do some ugly things in his lifetime, even after he was king, after he was excelled to the position that God had him to excelled to and God appointed him to and anointed him for. We saw David do some terrible things and yet and still we saw how David repented and lived a life and became a a, a person and lived a life that God wanted him to live at. The Bible talk calls him someone that's, that was after God's own heart. So I don't believe in telling uh, vague testimonies. Again, I'm not saying you have to be out there telling everybody every detail, but I do believe that a testimony given the right way can truly build someone's faith, whether it's to, for someone to be saved, whether it's for someone to be delivered. But that's not the only reason I started the podcast. I started the podcast because I did truly, uh, I do love to talk about the word of God and the things of God. And man, I'm one of those people that probably have, uh, I don't claim to be the Smartest person is the most knowledgeable person. I don't walk around trying to act like I'm somebody I'm not. I don't think of myself uh, as highly of anything. I just really want to be uh, God's child, God's servant. And I know God called me to 
uh, minister and, and be an evangelist and that's all I want to do. I just want to be able to spread the gospel and talk about the word. I actually love talking about the word. If I can, um, I have some friends. If I can speak about the word, that's what I'm going to talk about and talk about and go into deep thought if we can about the word of God and um, things that we've noticed, things we we read and um, and I love those conversations and I know I can't bring all of those conversations. Some things that are behind closed doors are just before you, but. And that's some things I think about and I talk about and I read and I want to bring it in. I want to, you know, just put it on other people. Maybe we maybe have a discussion with you all about what been going on. And I know over the last few, uh, I started in March talking about the Bible. I wanted to talk about the Bible and facts of the Bible and some of the things in the Bible and how answer some of those questions. And it's not a lot of things that you always hear when you, when you go to church. I know. Uh, when you start talking about things like the facts of the Bible and understanding the Bible, a lot of times nowadays that's not something people want to hear. They want to hear about their new house and they want to hear how they're going to get a new car and things like that. I mean, I've had people who uh, ask who've asked for prayer and those are the type of things they've asked for. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. If you need a car, God can bless you with a car. If you need a house, God can bless you with a house. There's nothing wrong with that. But I want to know you know, about the things of God and let's talk about the deep things of God and to show uh, that we understand. There's so many people out there who don't believe the Bible and those people will go go to great lengths to study our Bible, to study our word, to try to, when they encounter one of us, be able to uh, uh, break our confidence and break our faith in what we say we believe. But you have to know everything and feel I feel like you have to know everything about it. One of the things we talk about is apologetics and uh, that's one of the things I liked and one of the things I got started. One of my friends would say I I, I started that backwards because I ended up uh, when I got saved early on, you know, studying and reading the Bible and I just like you know, I would go to bookstores. I like I'm one of those people that I like the Christian bookstores, so I would just go and I found myself finding uh, apologetics and found one book and I started to read it and my one of my friends said I, I did it backwards because I found the apologetics books before I started to find a lot of the theology books and so I started to kind of get into defending the gospel before um and being having and, and being able to answer man uh that come up to me with any question and, and I, I love those times there's been times where I would go out and we would just go out to try to witness and try to tell people about Jesus. And I love the times when people would come up to me and it was something I didn't know. And I don't think I know everything. I don't even think I know a lot. I always feel like I don't know enough. And that's what drives me to try to learn more and pushes me to try to uh, understand more about the word of God, how the word of God came about. What is God saying? Um, because I always feel like no matter how much I learn, I always feel like it's never enough. I don't know enough and I need to learn more and I need to. And I, and I, and I used to be ashamed about that place that no matter how much I read, I would wake up and I would read and I would be like, man, I just don't know if I'm not grasping it. Maybe as fast as someone else, there would be times where I would go, uh, I would, I would go back to styles of like elementary. I would write scriptures over and over and over until they started to uh, uh, stick in my head. I would write this verse over 
10 times. I would just literally take a spiral and just write a verse over and over until it started, it started to stick with me. Um, and no matter how much I did, I always felt like it wasn't enough. And I used to feel ashamed because I would hear other people and, they, and I would listen. I'm like, man, they know so much and I'll never get there. And no matter how much I've studied, I always felt like I would never get there. Even to this day, I, I have some friends that know some pretty uh, amazing things and some pretty amazing people. And, and I'm just always in awe when I talk to them and I feel like, Man, I have nothing to say after listening to you talk. What you're saying is so amazing. Um, but it, I'm glad for those friends because I always it, it keeps me wanting to learn. It keeps me wanting to study. Um, and it keeps me wanting to dig into the word of God. Not just dig into the word of God, but everything that uh, about the word church history, um, Bible dictionary. I love to look at those things and understand uh, what it was like and to get a better understanding. So I'm going to continue on studying about the word of God. And uh, I know we've been talking about the Bible and uh, we talked about how uh, the Bible is inspired. It's just the actual inspired word of God. And we dealt with that for a few weeks. And then we talked about how it came about and how you can actually trust that it's the actual word of God and how people uh, when they talk about it and how they say that you can't trust it and how and they say that it has errors. What they're really doing is they're actually not really t giving you the full truth of their of what they're talking about. And they're trying to uh, uh, confuse you a little bit. But when they're talking about it, they, they may be talking about something as simple as John spelt with two N's versus one N. And if that's done uh, a thousand times, they'll say, well, the Bible contains a thousand errors. And things like that that doesn't that don't change the context, don't change the meaning uh, of anything that's happened. But that's why I love the word of God, because it backs up what it says. You can read the word of God. And as you study it, you start to understand this truth and you can see how down throughout history it has been proven and it stayed true to itself down throughout history. And nobody can take it away because we do believe that is the word of God. But I want to always look and see and be able to say that I have an answer to anyone that comes and questions why I believe what I believe or how can I believe this Bible or as some people try to say, man just wrote the Bible. Yeah, man, God used man to write the Bible. But it is the true inspired God breathed word of God. Now, we then we went on, we kind of talked about the Bible and science and how some people even say that you can't use the Bible, but the Bible and science go together. You don't get to throw away the, you don't have to throw away the Bible once you, to, when you, once you talk, talking about science, I believe that science testifies to the handiwork of God and science co can coexist with the Bible. Um, a lot of things we find in the Bible, it was said before any scientist was ever able to discover it. You can go back and check out some of those episodes that talked about that. And now I want to continue on that same path. I want to talk about, we're going to get into talking about, is the Bible uh, historically reliable? Uh, we're going to look into the Old Testament and we're going to look into the New Testament and look at some of these things and see, is it reliable? 
Does it stand up against time? And can we believe what we're actually reading in the Old Testament and the New Testament? And I know somebody may say, well, isn't that the same thing as being inspired? No, I'm not talking about it's uh, the inspiration that God used to give us the Bible. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about is it reliable in the fact that we can trust the pages that are written and we can trust that what's there has not been changed. So we're going to look at some of those and see how it's been preserved throughout history history and we're going to come in but before we get to that i think it's very uh important for us to look at how we got the bible i don't think a lot of people even know or understand how we even got the word of god that we have and we must look at that and understand what we have and begin to see how the bible even came about for us so many people if you ask them that question how did you get the bible how how can you say that this should be in there, and but this book over there, and there's some books that's missing. I told you what I started to talk about, wanted to, to to even talk about the Bible. It was because I was witnessing to a young man. Yes, I'm an evangelist that actually still talks to people. You know, a lot of people don't even witness. They'll talk to their church friends about the Word of God, but they won't talk to the sinner man or somebody that's not a believer about the Word of God. And I found out because people are not actually confident in, in what they say they believe. Yeah, it's easy to talk to people that you know. It's easy to talk when you know somebody's going to say amen. It's easy to talk about the word of God when you know you're going to get a hand clap or a pat on the back. But I want to know, are you willing to talk about the word of God to somebody that's not going to say amen? Somebody that's not going to give you a hand clap? Somebody that's not going to encourage you? You see, I've been one of those people that I love to talk to people that don't believe like I believe because it's my chance to shine light in darkness. It's my chance to let Jesus be shown into someone's life. I take it as a great opportunity when I'm able to talk to that Muslim or I'm able to talk to that atheist or that agnostic person, that person that's teary. I'm able to talk to those Hebrew Israelites or those people that don't really believe the word of God. I am. I, I love it and I can't wait to talk to all of those people those Buddhists, I've talked to Buddhists before, and people that just have thrown away any and all religion and they don't care about anything. They've given up hope. And I love talking to all those people that I'm not going to get a, a man from because it's truly when you can see life, God, God begin to stand up in you and the Holy Ghost begin to speak through you and God begin to give you the words of what to say. No, everybody doesn't give their life to God right then. But I know what the Bible says. The Bible says it's one that waters is going to be one that plants, but ultimately it's God that gives the increase. And we never know if we're going to be one that waters and we're going to be one that plants, but I always want to be ready to do whatever it is that God has called me to do. When you hate for it to be your time to water and you don't have a watering pot, God has put somebody in your life for you to witness to or brought somebody across your path, but you're not prepared to water which in that, that season that God has called you to water. Wouldn't you hate when it's your time, somebody has already watered in this person's soul, the soil of this person's soul is ready for a seed to be planted in it. And now it's your time to plant, but you're not ready to plant those seeds. In this day and time, I, and I, I may have taken a detour on this and I may have to come back next week and talk a little bit more about how we got the Bible. But in this day and time, 
I feel like there's so many people that need to ask God to give them that holy boldness. It's easy and I, it's crazy. I'm talking online and I'm going to talk about how it's, it's easy to get online and talk about uh, uh, witnessing and sharing uh, the gospel because guess what? I don't have to pay attention to the comments. I can share with the people that know it. Most times these days, people aren't just arguing back with you unless you're just somebody that's so big. You don't really get a bunch of negative comments like that. And so it's easy to share uh, the gospel to people that are already saved. The people that are already uh, going to say, hey, man, it's evil, easy to just make that post on Facebook. And I'm not saying don't make that post by all means. Keep making that post. Keep sharing the gospel. Keep giving people all of that. But it's easy to do it. But I know what it's harder to do is go out when you're the only person. When you're the only person that's around and you have to stand up for Christ. I remember there was uh, one brother of mine. We we kind of had the same work schedule. We were off on days. We would go out and we would just find people to talk to about the word of God. Uh, sometimes it, it would just be it would just be me and him. And we would just go out and we would just find different and random people to talk to about the word of God. And a lot of times what you find out is a lot of people are religious, but they really don't know the word of God. And you have to be able to rather divide the word of truth at all times. You have to be able to go out. The Bible tells us that's what we need to do. We have to go out and compel me. And I, I like that word compel because it means to urge forcibly. A lot of people are not really urging forcibly. In other words, you have to under, get people to understand that the time is running out. It's an urgent season. It's an urgent time. We're in the, uh, as they would say, nitty gritty of time that things are really winding up. And at any moment, Jesus could be soon to come. And a lot of people don't see it. A lot of people think they have all the time in the world. And really, we, uh, we, we have to understand we don't have all the time in the world. And even if God, Jesus doesn't come back for another thousand years, but we can say everybody that's here right now won't even be here at that time. So Jesus would have came for somebody. And the Bible already teaches us that after this, the judgment, and he says that him that is filthy, let him be filthy still. So you won't have a chance to get right after you have gone on to the other side. So we as a people of God, we have a duty and we have a uh, we have to get really on fire and bold for trying to win souls to God. And it's easy to get caught up in ourselves. It's easy to get caught up in our life and what we want to do. And easy to get caught up in uh, uh, things that we want and we desire. And I'm not saying that because the Bible teaches that he will give us the desires of our heart and God will bless us. But we have to first remember to seek the kingdom of God first. If we keep him first, he'll bless us with all those things that we want to, that we, that, that we desire and that we want and that we want to see God do in our life. I believe those things are the easy things for God. You want that house, you want that car, you're looking for that better job. I believe those are the easy things for God. But God is looking for some soldiers that are willing to go out now and try to pull people back in. See, we have, I believe in this day and time, it has become so, people have become so comfortable and they're just wanting to be like church. Who, who, you know, find like people that are like them in church. You know, we want to do the shot and we want to do the dance and all those things are good. They feel good. We want to uh, uh, lift our hands and it's high hallelujah. And I believe we should give God all the praise. But while we are doing that, somebody is dying and somebody is on their way to hell. I remember studying that and I, I, I forgot what it said about how many people die per second or per minute and things like that. But I started to think about how many people die a year and people die per second and it begins to weigh on you. If you pause for a second, another person just died. And I wonder if that person 
knew Christ, if that person was on their way to heaven. But no, that person probably went to hell. And I started to think about the word of God. And I know I've taken a whole detour on what I over what I planned on talking about tonight. But it's okay. I believe that God is looking for some more people who are willing to be in the field. He said that the harvest is ripe, but it's the laborers. It's the laborers that are actually few. We're missing people that actually want to win souls to Christ. We're putting it off on everybody else and we're concerned about all we're concerned about only ourselves, but we're not looking to help people and show people the good news. I believe it was over in the book of Luke, the 10th chapter, verse 2, where he tells them, he said, The harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Pray you therefore to the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. He says, Go your ways. Behold, I send you forth as lambs amongst wolves, carry neither purse nor scrip. Nor shoot and salute no man by the way, and whatsoever house he entered first, say, Peace be to this house. And as a son of peace be there, your peace shall rest upon it. And if not, it shall turn to you again. And the same house remain eating and drinking such things as they gave. For the labor is worth of his hire. What we have to understand that winning souls is not just for some special people. What we see here is Jesus talking to a group of individuals that he's going to send out and he's telling them to go out and he's giving them a commission to go out and win people and find people and go out in the power of God. And he gave them this commission here in this chapter. And just a chapter before we see in Luke chapter nine, he begins to talk to his disciples and he begins to give them uh, uh, the same sentiments. He's almost echoing the same thing that you you see, you hear in Luke chapter 10. You can go back and turn over to Luke chapter 9 and, and he's talking to the 12 and it's almost the same thing. So what he's trying to get us to understand that winning souls and going out and uh, reaping the harvest is not just for special people. See, a lot of times people try to leave it up to just the evangelist. They try to leave it up just to the pastor. That's the pastor's job. No, it's every child of God's job to try to win somebody. It's your job. It's your brother's job. It's your sister's job. It's every child of God's. It's their job to go out and win someone. When he gave them this power, if you notice, he didn't give them power for them to be inactive, but he was giving them power for them to go out and do something. A lot of times we get caught up in doing things around the house, but you have to go out and do something and bring people back to the house. He said, go out because the harvest is ripe. It's the laborers, the laborers that are few. God is looking for some people that are willing to step up in these last days and go out and help to reap the harvest. I kind of went on a tangent, so I guess that was what was really on my heart is that God is looking for some people that are not going to be afraid to step out and be bold for him. I look at the state of the world and I look at so many things and I get online and I see so many people that are bold for 
the devil. We heard it in church. People love being bold for the devil. The devil's people, the devil is on his job every day. People that are committed to Satan, they are on their job every day. But how many people that are committed to God are on their job every day? And I'll raise my hand. I've been one that uh, I can say that there's been times where I found myself being a little uh, uh, lackadaisical when it comes to the things of God. You find yourself not praying as much as you should or studying your Bible as much as you should, you know, and you're not giving God that hundred and ten percent that you really should be giving when it comes to seeking the Lord. But I don't want to just be a person that tries to play the part, but I actually want to be the part. I want to be someone that actually walks in the anointing of God. And it's not going to come just by haphazardly serving God. I'm going to have to actually put my all into where I'm trying to go. And it's the same thing for everybody. If we want to go to new places in God, if we want to see the harvest being reaped, we're going to have to put our all into it. It's not going to happen by chance. It's not, we're not just going to stumble upon the harvest, but if we're going to want the harvest, we're going to have to seek God and he's given us the power to go out and reap the harvest. God is saying that the harvest is ripe. You can see it. People are looking for it. People need help. People need hope. I talked about it on last week how you see the people, all the people that commit suicide and people that are depressed and people that are emotionally distressed and displaced and they are hurting. People are in this day and time. There's no hope. Every time you turn on the news, nope, they're not giving you hope. I don't care what channel is on. You're not getting hope from the news. They're going to tell you everything that's wrong and why it's wrong. And if it's wrong, if it's right, they're going to tell you how it's going to be wrong tomorrow. The news is not here to give you hope. But I know one place where you can find hope and that hope is in Christ. A lot of people are looking for joy in a lot of different things. They're looking for joy in a lot of different places. But they don't realize if we don't go out and tell them that all you need for joy is Jesus. A lot of people are looking for peace and they're looking for it in a lot of different places. But if we don't go out and tell them that the only that we, if you want real peace, all you have to do is come to Jesus. How will they ever know? We got to be a, like Jesus. We got to be about our father's business. But we can't do that if we don't know God. The Bible says that it's they that know their God. They're going to be strong and they're going to do exploits. Is the reason we're not seeing, we're not seeing exports because there are no strong people. And the reason why there's no strong people is because they don't really know God. Because if you know God, you'll be strong. And then if you know God and you're strong, you'll do exploits. You'll go out and you'll reap the harvest. He said that the signs are falling. He said that you'll be able to see, lay hands on the sick and the sick will recover. He said the signs will follow. So if we know God. We'll begin to see our loved ones get saved. We'll begin to see our communities begin to get changed. We'll begin to see different things begin to start happening in our communities and around us. 
But it starts with us, each and every one of us. It starts with me. I have to be on my job. I can't be lax. I can't be, uh, 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 I'll get to it after a while. But when God begins to move on, you have to begin to make, find time to make, to spend with God and see what it is God is trying to tell us. Because he's trying to equip us because he understands that the harvest is ripe. But he said that it's the laborers that we're lacking. That's what we're missing. We're missing laborers. We're missing those laborers. It's harvest. It's harvest time. It's people that want to be saved. It's people that want to be delivered. It's people that are looking for Jesus. Don't be fooled. There's people out there. I know people that put on a facade when they get online. I, I know it. Like this is not something I'm telling you. Just like speaking. I know everybody says that. Oh, people are fake online. I'm not. I'm not talking just out the side of my neck. I'm talking about things I've actually seen. I've seen people post pictures like they're on vacation. And then I've literally five minutes later, I saw those people at the store. And I'm like, didn't you just post a picture like you were on vacation? Also, that was when you was like 20 pounds lighter. I've seen, I've seen these things. So I know social media is not real for a lot of people, but people are hurting, but they're trying to put on the facade. It allows them to put on the facade that they're okay. I know people that put on the facade on social media that they're okay, but then they go home and they cry because they don't want to be the way they are. It's our time. It's our time as children of God and people of God to get out and let people know that we have the remedy. We have the remedy for what you need. And the remedy is Jesus. I guess next week we'll get to talking about the Bible and the word of God. But if one thing I can leave you with is remember, the harvest is ripe. But don't be one of the missing laborers. Until next time, we're going to go ahead and roll the outro. This has been another episode of the About Faith Podcast with me, your host, TJ Hawthorne. I want to thank you for tuning in. Man, this show wouldn't be what it is if it wasn't for you. So why don't you go ahead and hit that subscribe button and on all your social media platforms, share it with your friends. And until next time, be blessed.